It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension? There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pantidra. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show, recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au, whatever podcasting app you choose to use. And don't forget you can also follow us on Twitter at BZE Tech Show. My name is Kay and today I'm joined by my co-host Michael Steindl. Good morning Kay. And we've also got Andy panelling for us. Thank you Andy. Today we're talking to Tim Forsey. He's an energy advisor at Melbourne Energy Institute at the University of Melbourne. He has 35 years of industrial experience in electricity, oil, gas and petrochemicals with a focus on energy production, transmission and consumption. Former employees include ExxonMobil, BHP Billiton and Gemini, including specific experience with assets such as Bass Strait Joint Venture and the Queensland Gas Pipeline. During his time at the Australian Energy Market Operator, Tim led a publication of the 2011 Gas Statement Opportunities 2012 South Australian Electricity Report and the EMO 100% Renewables Energy Study, Modelling Inputs and Assumptions. With MEI, Tim has published reports and articles covering gas and electricity demand, gas to electricity fuel switching and pumped hydro energy storage technology and commercial applications. We've talked with Tim a number of times and um, we're very pleased to talk to him again. Today we're going to be talking about something that probably um, is very close to all our hearts, how to save money by using less power over winter when it's freezing cold, which we all know about today. So Tim, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. You've, um, you've been on air, you've been on TV, and you've been generally talking about your 22 ways of cutting your power bills this winter. Now, the first point that you make, and it's a really interesting one, is how you get the maximum discount on your energy bills. Can you explain a little bit more about how you can save up to 38% savings on gas and electricity? Sure. Okay, no worries there. Um, Yes, at the University of Melbourne Energy Institute, we recently put together a list of uh, 22 ways that people can reduce their energy costs. And that's not only electricity, but also gas, because uh, particularly in in Victoria and other places where it gets a bit cold, you might see that uh, folks are using a lot of gas to to heat their homes and heat their water. But uh, this list goes through 22 ways that uh, you can save uh, money on your energy bills. And um, it has been picked up. uh, It was published on The Conversation to start with. But uh, certainly, yeah, it's been picked up uh, through the internet, and uh, so you can probably find it there if you're interested in looking through the whole list. You're asking a question about discounts. Have you even cracked IFL? The, um... Yes, it went sort of semi-viral uh, across the world. I'm not sure why people in the England are interested in how Australians could save money on their energy <laughs> bills, but we've, we've had a lot of hits there. And it was also picked up in the Herald Sun uh, in the Sunday newspaper last week, so maybe you can still find, find that and stick it on your fridge. But you're asking a question about discounts, and um, quite often you hear people on the radio and elsewhere saying, look, we can't afford to do anything about climate change because somebody's electricity bill will go up. 
but uh, certainly in Victoria. Are oh, you talking about Greg Hunt now? Or the yeah, it could be Greg Liberal Hunt. Liberal Party. Um, yes, they're saying we can't do anything on climate change because uh, electricity prices will go up. But certainly in Victoria, a lot of folks don't know, and I've been in hundreds of um, Melbourne homes uh, helping people to save energy, and uh, what you find when you look at their energy bills is they're not getting any discounts. And there's discounts of up to 38% available on electricity and about 28% available on gas. And folks just need to ring up and get these discounts. Um, it's a very competitive market out there. Uh, people say, how do I get these discounts? And I say, just ring up, uh, threaten to switch, switch, switch to PowerShop for your electricity, for example. And uh, you'll see that you'll be able to get uh, access to these discounts, which is a big impact on your energy bills. So you could actually go to PowerShop and make those sort of savings anyway, couldn't you? Yeah, PowerShop's a bit more transparent than some of the others with the discounts because their uh, services are all online. And right there you can see the discounts that are available. With some of the other retailers, you might ring up and get a discount, but you'll need to make sure a year from now that it's still there because it might just evaporate uh, with, the, with the next year. Um, one oh, thing, yes, of course. That's, that's the common practice, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of a bait and switch there. <laughs> the uh, one really useful thing with uh, PowerShop and with some of the other uh, ways that you can get uh, access to the electricity information from your smart meter. Uh, again, particularly in Victoria, we have a lot of the smart meters. And um, you these days with the smart meters, you can find out uh, a lot of detail about the electricity uh, that you're using. How much are you using in the middle of the night? Does that look about right? Or are you you're using electricity in the middle of the night you didn't realize? And uh, so there's information available right down to half-hourly blocks. You can see the amount of electricity that you're using there using the, the diagnostics from the smart meter. And so we certainly recommend that that is a, uh, a useful tool that people can use these days, a bit of a, a modern technology to really get across their electricity use and make sure that they're not using more than they expect. Yeah. Um, talking about the smart meter, how do you get access to them? The, the smart meters... Um, exist across Victoria and in other states they're putting them in as well. Uh, yeah, sorry to stop you there Tim, I've mm. got a smart meter but mm. I don't have an in-house display. No, no, you don't. You can get an in-house display and stick that on your fridge and that will tell you instantaneously the electricity that you're using. But what I'm talking about are tools that you can get via the internet and uh, so if you're with PowerShop oh, you'd see right. this. Okay. But uh, even if you're with some of the other retailers you would see that um, they have ways to uh, be able to look at your electricity use on a daily basis or, like I say, even on a half-hourly basis. Some of the distributors as well, I'm in the United Energy uh, Electricity Distribution area, and so they've had a web portal up and running for a number of years now. And I show people these things, and I say, right, here we can see the, uh, you know, your electricity use from two years ago. And here they haven't known that that data has been available to them all that time. Mm. And just um, continue on the PowerShop thing. The other great aspect of them is that all their power is, is green-backed. Um, yeah, they've been uh, voted uh, one of the greenest suppliers because of the, the various things that they do in terms of offsets. Of course, you can buy green power as you can with uh, any of the other retailers. You have to pay a bit more for that. That's um, for the Australian Renewable Energy Certificates backed one, but even mm -hmm. their standard power is actually backed, I think, by European certificates or something. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they seem to be the best deal around. Um, well, they yeah. ran a special the other day for 39% off. So I guess they just wanted to yeah. do a bit better than the 38 I was talking about. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I actually 
changed the power shop about a year ago. I'm extremely happy with them. And, and as you say, I get an email every Sunday morning telling me what the week's consumption was and whether it was up or down without even having to go to the website. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, you, you did publish 22 points. Um, moving on to one of the other ones, uh, the modern showerhead. Can you tell us about that? Sure. This, uh, this time of year it's a bit cold out there and we might be spending a lot of time in the shower. Yep. And uh, I get around to, like I say, various homes helping people to save energy and and so you measure what their shower head might be doing now in the past we had a bit of a push on for water savings and so various councils and state governments etc were were offering efficient shower heads and some people didn't like these shower heads very much because sometimes you wouldn't actually get a very good shower That's but in true. the work but in the worst case you can find a shower head might be using uh, 40 liters per minute of water but these days you can get a good shower head one that has a, a high star rating and one that actually gives you a good shower but it could be using about uh, one-tenth of the amount of water of hot water for a shower the particular uh, manufacturer there out of New Zealand is uh, Methven and they've actually looked at the fluid dynamics of a shower head and instead of having just a single jet uh, a number of these single jets coming out putting water on your head mm-hmm. they have two jets that uh, where the water uh, smashes against each other as it mm-hmm. comes out of the, the double jets and this actually disperses the water and gives you a very good feeling shower for as little as four and a half liters a minute so if you've got a shower head today using 40 liters a minute and you can only use four just think of the water savings but even more importantly the gas or electricity savings because that's uh, so much less hot water that you have to use but do you still get to feel really wet yeah exactly it's a great shower yeah it's uh, folks like it mm-hmm. i think that's similar to the one that um a person in byron bay has invented and he was saying the same thing it, it ionizes atomizes the um the water molecules and so you feel like you're getting a really great shower but it's incredibly efficient. So it yeah. sounds like there's a couple of them around. Yeah, it's, it's similar to, to lighting almost. Uh, these days with the, the LEDs, you can get very good light for one-tenth of the energy use that uh, you used to see. Mm. And same thing with the shower head. I say to people, get a good shower head with a good star rating, but make sure you can take it back if it doesn't give you a, a shower that you're happy with because on the market you will find shower heads that you can be happy with. Mm. Okay. So that's perhaps going down to a tenth of your consumption in the shower. What about the the other end, the production of the hot water and heat pumps? Yeah, um, we, uh, with Melbourne Energy Institute, uh, looked at uh, the ability for people to heat their homes and to heat their water uh, using electric appliances, heat pumps, uh, rather than, for example, using gas, which has been a traditional way to for people to heat their homes and to heat their their water. So, with the hot water, there's there's readily available heat pump systems for that. Exactly. The um, so a heat pump, it's it's worth explaining. Um, people would be familiar with reverse cycle air conditioners. So, it's an air conditioner that you can use to cool your house in the summer. But you can, if you can find the heat button, and a lot of people don't know that their air conditioner has a heat button. You find that heat button and push it, and uh, that actually activates the uh, the heat pump technology. And what a heat pump is, this technology has been around for, for decades, but Australians are becoming more familiar with it now. A heat pump is a, a refrigerant cycle. It's, a, it's an air conditioner. It's a device that uh, can actually transfer heat uh, from a cold place up to, to a warm place um, and pump heat uphill uh, in a sense. Mm. And so... Well, the way a reverse cycle air conditioner works is you, you find the heat button, you turn it on, and it uses electricity to drive a compressor and the, the air blowers, etc. But it's actually 
capturing most of its heat from the thin air outside your home. Even if it's only zero degrees outside, there's still heat in that air that, uh, that's been put there by the sun. I mean, we've got heat in our air outside because of the sun. It's really another form of solar energy. And so a heat pump can capture that free, renewable, ambient heat from the outside air, pump it up to the temperatures you need, and uh, you can either heat your spaces with it or also heat water. So um, you're asking about hot water. Mm -hmm. So hot water heat pumps exist in Australia, and you actually get renewable energy credits when you purchase one of those. And you can look on the renewable energy database, and, and I see that there's probably about 200,000 hot water heat pumps that have already been put into service in Australia. Uh, it's a technology that, that exists now and is becoming more popular. So they, with those, you, can, you have to uh, use about one part of electricity, but with that, you could get uh, four or five parts of uh, hot water coming out of it with, that, with the rest of that energy uh, being delivered for free. It's a renewable heat that it captures from the outside air. So this is replacing your entire hot water system. There's obviously a, a payback period for that. Do you have any figures on typical payback periods? Or? The economics of a heat, heat pump for hot water can be very good, particularly for people with solar panels, uh, because these days if you have solar panels or if you're putting new solar panels on your roof, mm -hmm. you'll find you're not going to get much, elect, uh, much uh, payback. Feed-in tariff, yeah. Right, the feed-in tariffs are very low if you uh, produce more electricity than you use in your home. And folks are thinking, well, what do I do with that extra electricity? Should I buy an electric car? Should I get batteries? But what I say is the first thing you should do is look at getting a, uh, a heat pump that would run off of that solar electricity to heat your water. And basically, you can use a, a hot water storage tank as another form of a battery. Basically, it's thermal energy storage. And so if you've got some excess electricity that you're basically giving away to the grid, uh, a way that you can capture that is to get a, uh, a hot water heat pump and uh, use your electricity to drive the heat pump and to generate your hot water, which you can which you can heat up then, say, at noon when the sun is the strongest, but with a insulated uh, storage tank, then you'll have that hot water sitting there for a shower the next morning. So given the typical hot water system nowadays tends to only last about 10 years, um, if someone's nearing the end of their life, uh, instead of waiting till it fails, they could... Uh, take a proactive step and put one of these in and start saving money. That's right. Uh, some of the heat pumps I've seen, they actually have the uh, the stainless steel tanks. Yep. And um, you can also get stainless steel tanks for other sorts of uh, water heaters as well. And those will last uh, maybe as long as 20 years. Yeah, and, and so, instead of having uh, the, the glass line, which tends to crack after a few years. And, and corrode, et cetera. Mm. So, uh, no, you could get yourself a, uh, a hot water heat pump with a stainless steel tank, and that's probably going to last 20 years. Yes, certainly if um, if your hot water system is nearing the, the end of its life, or like I say, if you've got solar panels and you're not really getting paid much for your your electricity, it could even pay for you to accelerate the uh, the replacement of your hot water system. So putting you on the spot perhaps a bit here, um, what you said about using your feed-in instead of trying to get the feed-in tariff using the electricity during the day, but if that's not enough uh, to get your hot water hot enough, are there um, controller units out there that will allow you to balance your own consumption when it's available and top up with off-peak power at night? Or Yeah, there's lots of fancy ways to control these things. <clears throat> and uh, I might just put in a plug for this um, Facebook group. We've got a bit of a Facebook group, so if people want to get into more discussion about the ins and outs of the most uh, effective way to set up your home. We have a, a Facebook group that is called uh, My Efficient Electric Home, 
And that's a good place for people to get on there and to get into a lot of the technical details about uh, the best way to set these things up. If you don't have solar panels, but if you want a, a hot water heat pump, then um, you could set that up to heat up in the middle of the night. Uh, where you might be able to get the mm. off-peak cheaper yeah, I'm electricity prices. I'm talking about trying to prices. combine the two for mm. the best effect, mm. um, using excess solar power when you have it and then using the night power to top up. Yeah, there's some, some really fancy control systems available these days. And, um, you know, since it's winter, another thing that people can do is <laughs> to, um, you know, if they've got excess solar electricity, is to run their reverse cycle air conditioners to, to heat is their homes, right? which is, as I say, another form of a heat pump. So you can use excess electricity to uh, warm up your home as well. For those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to the Beyond Zero Emissions Show, and we're with Tim Forsey, Energy Advisor for the Institute of Melbourne, and we're discussing the recently published article on how to save money on fuel costs this winter. And Tim, you've just got into the reverse cycle option for heating your home as well as cooling it. There are a few units on the market that are, are, are reasonably good, but I think one of the ones that um, you're particularly impressed with is the um, Dakin Uluru something or other. Uluru. <laughs> Well, I guess the point is that there are a lot of different types of reverse cycle air conditioners on the market these days, and there's there's a lot of choice and, and options, which is fantastic. So the, the, the modern Australian home is really going to be all electric. Uh, studies have been done. We, we worked with the Alternative Technology Association and published a study. There's no economic reason for any new home in Australia to be connected to the gas grid because we have all these modern electric appliances that can do the job for you more cheaply. There's no economic reason for any new suburb in Australia to be connected to the gas grid. Now, for existing homes, as, it, as people are looking at improving their homes or upgrading their homes or replacing things, again, they can be looking to a future where they uh, position their house so that uh, they may not be needed for them to be connected to the gas grid. And then, of course, if you don't have a gas bill, you can save the fixed charges associated mm, yeah. with being connected to gas. Um, yeah. We still have some gas use in our home for the time being. And I noticed that, um, and one reason for doing that is it keeps me in the loop with what AGL's AGL's doing with my bill. And I noticed that the fixed charges for being connected to the gas grid went up by 25% uh, mm -hmm. back in January, and they'd gone up 75% uh, over the last five years. So, so just being connected to the gas grid can be expensive. Coming back to the reverse cycle air conditioners and the space heating, there's a lot of options available, and and uh, the creators of these have, have thought through the issues with reverse cycle uh, air conditioner heating, what didn't people like? And there's so many options available now. There's ones that they have an electric iron. They're smart enough not to blow air on you if you don't want air blown on you. They can add humidity to the air, which makes it feel like a trip to Queensland, which is fantastic. <laughs> and in Australia, we're accustomed to the air conditioners being high up on the wall. But they actually make models that sit down near the floor. And some of them even oh, can produce radiant energy like a hydronic panel. So. Oh, Everything's great. available on the market these days, and mm -hmm. folks should really uh, get uh, down to their um, suppliers of reverse cycle air conditioners and, and see what's there. It, in New Zealand, for example, you will find the reverse cycle air conditioners down near the floor. It's a it's a more of a floor mounted sort of model because they realize they've realized over there that you will use these things a lot more for heating mm -hmm. than you ever need to use them for cooling. In Melbourne, for example, we need cooling for what, a couple of weeks a year maybe mm -hmm. when you add it all up. But as a heater you can use it for three, four, five months a year. And so you can see that it may make sense in your home really to have your reverse cycle air conditioner down near the floor. And they're and, so ugly too. 
Mm. Yes. So uh, aesthetics is all part of it. Um, but in terms of efficiency, I'd say to folks, look at uh, the government we website, energyrating.gov.au, and there they will rate all the air conditioners uh, based on a star rating. And yes, certainly there is one seven-star air conditioner on the market that uh, is very efficient. Basically, we set up a couple of these in our home uh, last winter, and I found that we were able to heat our home with the air conditioners for one-third of the price of what we previously uh, it would cost us using ducted gas. So this is quite remarkable. Again, it's almost like switching light bulbs from uh, from incandescent to LED, LED mm -hmm. technology. It's just uh, amazing what's possible. One thing that's never been addressed with these units is their um, individual units. They each have their own outdoor units, don't they? Room, no, you can get generally. all sorts I mean, of different there types. There are different configurations, mm -hmm. but the, the the one that's the most efficient, I think, doesn't do that. Mm. And it, to me, you know, the outside of the home has to be as appealing as the inside of the home. And to have all these outdoor units sort of hanging off walls everywhere is a bit of a negative for me. Mm. Yeah, and that's a, that is a, a part you're not going to, going to avoid with a heat pump because a heat pump is capturing free renewable energy from the air outside your home, so it needs to be able to access that air, which means you will have that outside unit which has a, a fan running there to, uh, in the wintertime, suck heat out of the outside air. Mm. Although at least if you could have um, one big outside unit and multiple heads inside instead of lots of little ones. Um, Tim, coming back to your 22-point list, uh, a number of them address drafts and also shading. Can you speak to some of those, just uh, cover a number sure, of Sure. It's a, you know, a lot of people don't want to go out and buy a new air conditioner tomorrow, but there are many simple things that you can do around the home, uh, stopping the, the drafts and, and leaks of air. Uh, you know, I've heard it said the average Melbourne home has so many leaks and drafts, it's like uh, having a couple square meters of window open all the time. So you'll find yeah. that a lot with uh, old chimneys, fireplaces that people don't use. Well, they're designed to suck uh, air out of the house. So uh, And those vents in the top of the walls mm, are very common. Yeah, so the, the chimneys, uh, if you're not using those, definitely make sure they're blocked up. And uh, a lot of Melbourne homes will have these vents up uh, near, near the ceiling. So we say uh, block those off, unless you've got you know, real moisture problems in a home. These vents on the wall, they're originally there back in the days, hundreds of years ago, when we had gas lights, mm. or when people were using the fireplaces a lot, or in the days then there so was you didn't some... suffocate. Yeah, so that air could get in. I mean, if there's any threat in your home that you think you have a gas heater that's trying to poison you, well then, you know, you may need a lot of fresh air coming mm. in. Or if you have moisture issues, we'd say fix those moisture issues first, but um, if you don't have any of those issues in your home and you've got a wall vent that's probably there because uh, dating back from the days when people had gas lights, then uh, plug that up. I remember when I finally got on the ladder and crawled up there to plug ours off and the wind was howling off the bay, it about knocked me off the ladder. Mm -hmm. So the amount of air that was coming through there was just ridiculous and I couldn't believe it took me so long to get up there and finally <laughs> plug them off. I call them spider vents because uh, they don't look very nice. Um, and uh, you'll find all sorts of insects and other things coming through them. <laughs> so shading and double glazing? Um, window treatments. Now, it's wintertime, and certainly getting some effective indoor heavy drapes, thermal curtains, blinds. Um, there's a lot of things, again, available on the market. So I see folks with, with single glazed glass, and really that is, is going to be very uncomfortable. There's no way you're going to be comfortable sitting next to that uh, on a winter day and um, or night so make sure at least that you've got some heavy curtains or blinds that you can close them up uh, you know once the sun goes goes down or when you don't really need to have that uh, 
to be able to see through that window anymore. Get it all covered up with something that's nice and warm. You know, I see windows with like aluminium Venetian blinds. Well, that's not going to uh, keep much heat mm-hmm. in or very, very sheer curtains of one sort. So yep. so addressing the indoor, getting that closed up, even if you can can uh, have some pelmets on the top of the curtains, that stops the circulation of the, the air and the heat losses there. Yeah. So, um, and then there's, of course, double glazing is the ideal but uh, there's many different ways to retrofit secondary glazing onto windows, or even in some cases, even some cheaper plastic films are available if, uh, if that would suit you in, in the place where you're living. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned also about replacing all your downlights with LED lights because they use a tenth less um, power. And also there's a, a, um, a service where you can get them replaced free of charge. Well, in Victoria, we've got this uh, Victorian energy efficiency scheme. And um, so there are folks that say they will come around and replace your downlights for free. So I'd certainly say to people to look into that. But even if they weren't replacing them for free, for any light that you use a lot, uh, and if it's an old-fashioned incandescent or halogen type that runs very hot, all that heat they're giving off, that's the wasted energy. And uh, so the new LED, the light-emitting diode uh, lighting technology, uses one-tenth of the electricity. So any light that you use a lot should be an LED type these days because you'll find that that will pay back in a, in a matter of months, certainly a much higher payback than if you were buying shares on the share market. So the best investment you can, can make is to go with the lower energy lighting. Even though the bulb will cost uh, significantly more, you'll make that money back because um, of the energy that you save. And also the, the LED lights can, at, can last uh, much longer than the, the type of lighting that you're probably accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So yet yeah, getting those changed out is uh, very important. And just in the last half minute, um, extra fridges, garage fridge? Well, that's uh, the garage fridge will cost you hundreds to operate. And usually you find it's an old inefficient fridge that somebody just didn't have the heart to throw away. And, uh, and it was a handy way to keep another bottle of champagne cold in the garage. But uh, sometimes I go into those garages in the summer and you find that uh, they're 50 degrees uh, uh, Celsius and uh, the uh, fridge out there is really struggling to keep going. So uh, if, if you can reduce the number of fridges, you'll be ahead by hundreds of dollars a year. Well, I'm really quite lucky, really, because I don't have any room in my garage for another fridge or any fridges for that matter. Tim, thank you so much for today. Um, some really great points and certainly a lot of areas where people can save money and I've already thought about what I can do. So hopefully it's been an informative show. Where can our listeners find out more information about your latest report? Um, yes, uh, University of Melbourne Energy Institute. Uh, my name, Tim Forsey, F-O-R-C-E-Y. If you Google that, you'll find lots of articles on heat pumps and, and energy. So uh, that should be fairly easy to find on the internet. Fantastic. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate change think tank, Beyond Zero Emissions. And if you want to listen to this show or any of the others we have done, you can go to www.bze.org.au and click on podcasts. And that's podcasts for the science and technology show. You can also follow us on Twitter at BZE Tech Show. Thanks for listening and we will see you again next week. And don't forget our sister show each Monday at 5pm. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Tim. It's not a product. It's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. 
solar window in a can. Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.